There's so much we can learn about ourselves through our relationship with nature because nature is what we are. Quantum physics shows us that everything in nature is vibrating at a molecular level, including you. So when it comes down to it, not only are you nature, but your music and your frequency is an important part of this beautiful cosmic symphony. Hi, I'm Courtney Cole, and this is the Love Freak Podcast, where we remember who we really are and what we've come to this planet to create. It's here we make a choice, love or fear. It's here we choose to vibrationally realign ourselves with the truth of our essence, love, 528 hertz, the love frequency, which therefore allows us to realign with conscious healing, authenticity, and creativity. Don't freak out. This is your true nature. Hey guys, welcome back to the Love Freak podcast after a very long hiatus. It's been a while since we last chatted. And so it feels really, really great to be back with you talking about all things healing, all things realignment, all things music. Feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) Um, I'm coming to you after several weeks of pretty exciting things. I've been releasing a lot of new music. I don't know if you've heard or, or seen, um, but if you haven't gotten my latest single light, definitely go check that out. You are light. Do you all see all the gem and the dark in me like a mirror? You reflect all the worst and the best in your um, light has been a really cool journey, uh, just to kind of give you a little rundown on it. Light was inspired by nature while I was in nature. Um, and as you can probably guess, light was also recorded in 528 Hertz. If you are new to my music, um, just to give you another rundown, um, Ever since my my song Earthquake came out, I have been recording my music in 528 hertz, which is a very unifying frequency that's found throughout all of nature. So see how it's all kind of coming together here? <laughs> um, but light has been, man, this it's such a journey, but it's been healing for me and in more ways than one. I mean, first of all, you have the energetic healing aspect of 528 hertz throughout the whole song so enough said um secondly the writing process felt incredibly divine and probably the most magical part of that was it felt like i didn't even really write it um you know i think you've probably heard a lot of creators maybe say that when they create something that they love and I think that they would all agree that those are very, very rare moments when it comes down to uh, creativity. Um, But when it came to me, the song, when it came to me, I immediately, I grabbed my phone so fast and I wrote it down like it it was a poem and and this, it came to me like a stream of consciousness. I didn't even change anything. I, I went home immediately after I wrote everything down and I sat down on my keyboard I turned on my voice recorder and the first melody that came out is the one that you hear um, on the song today. So it just felt really, really cool. Um, But also there's like a a whole nother property to it um, that was healing for me. And that 
the story behind it that was kind of downloaded into my psyche showed me this whole new perspective. It taught me, it was almost like something was given to me as a gift. Um, and the, the song that that story is about the reflection that the world offers back to you when you are in a, a true state of self-awareness and being able to be in that state enough to be able to accept that reflection, whether it be positive or negative and kind of healing from the truth that that brings and the growth that that truth offers. So I really think, you know, that we have relationships in our lives, our relationships with nature or with God, whatever it might be that reflect back to us, the good parts about ourselves and maybe the not so great things, you know, the, the shadow aspects of ourselves. But when we're able to take a look at it, when we can find that those brave moments and let a light shine on it all. Um, it's very confronting. It's very healing. And, and what I've realized is that a lot of those scenarios are the same. So whether it be relationships with, with people, with nature, oops, with nature, with God, they're all part of the divine. Everything kind of fits under that divine umbrella. And these relationships are all shedding a light on all of the ways in which we can expand and grow if we can just pay attention, if that makes sense. Um, so in that case, Light is a song about the divine presence that is everything and that heals us all. And man, I just, I feel like there's so much we can learn about ourselves, especially through, you know, through our relationship with nature as nature. And I believe that it's the most important way to reconnect with all that we are because it shows us who we are. You know, as, as you probably know, if you've been listening to this podcast a lot, um, I tend to be a little bit of a quantum physics nerd. And while I can honestly say that I know nothing about it still because it's so vast, um, I truly find it so fascinating and I love it so much. It just shows me, I think it's a way for me to really connect with God um, because it is God. And in quantum physics, you know, physicists talk about how everything is vibration at a fundamental uh, molecular level. Everything that vibrates has a frequency and sound is the outcome of something vibrating. So when it comes down to it, you know, we are all a part of such a beautiful cosmic symphony of everything vibrating. Um, and especially when we can look at that with no judgment of how everything is sounding around us or, or what 
those sounds are. Um, it can be really beautiful. So basically, I've personally concluded <laughs> that music is our nature and that we are nature and the two are the same. And we can't look at these things as separate. I mean, think about this. Think about the way that our, our harmonic system is set up and proportions. It's all based off of the sacred geometries. And it's the sacred geometries that our modern scientific and mathematical systems use to prove the way that life is unfolding all around us. And, and you can see that proof in the way that a flower unfolds, um, the way that the fetus is developed in the womb or the way that a hurricane forms or the galaxies form, they follow these same, uh, these same sacred systems. So it's just mind blowing, honestly, when you think about it, that everything is connected, everything is vibrating and everything is divinely unfolding. And we are a part of this divine natural system. And music reminds us of who we are because it is what we are. Music is nature and nature is music and we're a part of it all. So I personally hope that by choosing to record my music in 528 Hertz that you remember who you are and that you are invited into this holistic healing experience that gives you life that energizes your mind, body, and soul. And through this podcast, um, through ways in which we can choose a higher vibrational lifestyle that you can find that as well. So welcome back to the love freak. <laughs> oh my gosh. With all that being said today, I'm going to bring you a dear friend of mine, Mariana Rittenhouse. She's been with us before, uh, talking about tea practices and tea ceremonies. Um, but today we're going to be talking a little bit more about our relationship with nature and what it can kind of teach us about who we really are. So this season, I really want to talk about the house, how we can implement, implement, uh, this new high vibrational lifestyle into our everyday practice of living. We don't have to do it all at once. So there's no need to uh, be overwhelmed, but we can start to sprinkle in little elements of these lifestyle habits every single day um, so that we can have longevity in our lives, so that we can love deeper, so that we can be more present and full in this experience. So let's tune in, shall we, to this amazing conversation with the amazing Mariana Rittenhouse. How's it going, Mariana? Good. How are you? So nice to be with you again. Oh, again, I know. Thank you for making your second appearance on the Love Free Podcast. Yeah, I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. It's an honor to have you on again. We're so lucky. I loved the last podcast we did so much. So thanks for uh, taking the time. And your kitty is here. Gracie. She's like, <laughs> hi, Gracie. 
person. <laughs> she will have a lot to offer today. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, Mariana, we are starting a whole new season of the love freak podcast, and we're actually starting it off with you today is the day. And I'm so stoked about that because we're kind of building a foundation for this whole season around our chat today. And that's going to be a chat about nature and, and coming back to nature. And I just released a song a few weeks ago called light that was very inspired, uh, by nature. And I, I wrote it when I was connecting with nature and it felt like a song that was just totally downloaded into me. There was no effort. There was no trying. It was just a beautiful process of, of ease and flow. And it kind of paved the way for this whole new project, the music that I'm working on that's completely inspired by nature. And we've talked about this before. I record all my music now in 528 Hertz, the love frequency, which is known to be present throughout all of nature. So I see this beautiful connection between sound and between nature and, and with ourselves. And so that's kind of what I want to talk to you about today. Um, yeah, I want this whole podcast in general to be about reconnecting with ourselves in a way of honoring and flowing and following that flow of nature and the fundamentals of nature, because we, we are nature and we can learn a lot about ourselves through nature and we can understand, you know, we can understand ourselves better by understanding and flowing with nature. And you're someone who is very connected with nature, not only through your tea practice, um, but just in general. I mean, like you live in the most beautiful, serene home in the mountains that I've ever seen. Um, but can you just tell us a little bit about your deep love for nature and what it what's what it's taught you up to this point? in your journey. Yeah. Wow. Um, first of all, I just want to say that sounds so beautiful with your song and how it came through. And I think (laughs) you just, it, you're portraying one of the most beautiful expressions that we can have as a human, which is to allow nature or the creative spark of life to be expressed through Mm, our human. Thank you. Yes. And you know, what you said is, oh, so easeful. Oh, it just came through and being a human can really be so easeful when we are connected with all that is non-human or the rest of nature. (laughs) And so, yeah, we add add so much, uh, resistance to it when it really is just an effortless flow, isn't it? Yeah, totally. And I think that that really sums up one of like my deep love for nature is really a deep love for self um, Mm. and a deep love for life. I, when I go out into nature, you know, it kind of happened organically. Like I grew up in cities. Um, I grew up in Hong Kong. So (laughs) it's a really big city. And even though you're very (laughs) amazing, yeah, you're surrounded by nature. It's not like I was surrounded by farms or rural life or anything like that. And um, when I moved out here to Colorado to, and then as an adult, I lived in New York city, right? So I moved out to Colorado to these beautiful 10 acres in the mountains, no cell service, no, just pretty close to town, but it feels pretty remote. My land is against the national forest. Um, Lucky. 
very lucky, very lucky. So it's very quiet, very sweet. Um, Mm. And it's almost, it, it happened really organically. It was like just living here. I attuned to nature naturally because you can't be surrounded by all of the other beings and not start to, you know, we're, we're kind of, you know, they say we're the average of the five people we spend the most time with. Well, sure. When those five beings are trees and mountain lions and sellers, jays and non-humans, it's like, you can't help, but attune to it. And so it really happened at a very subtle level and very gradually that I started feeling more comfortable in the non-human world. And when I would go outside onto the land, I felt a constant sense of awe. And I'm always reminded of my capacity to love, like a, a, a depth of love that I've never understood or felt in yeah. human society. Um, and I love that Isn't line that in your song. Yeah. Around being a mirror. <laughs> Right. Because in that it's such a mirror, like nature is such this mirror. It's if I go out there and I'm like, whoa, I can love something this much. Nature's mirroring to me my potential as a being. Wow. Wow. I've never really thought about it in that sense. I actually, I love that so much. It's such a beautiful mirror. Wow. Wow. I'm like soaking that one in. I really, I really like that a lot. What is it about nature when you get out there? Is it the freedom that just, I I don't know what it is that, because I feel that too, that, that crazy, beautiful, divine love and intelligence. I, I don't know. I can't figure out what it is that makes me feel so loved and comforted out there, but it exists. Yeah. yeah. I think for me, when I moved out here, I, um, went through a healing crisis, a serious mm-hmm. healing crisis and a bit of a sure. dismantling of my life. And so yeah. <laughs> it happens, <laughs> it happens, it happens. And, um, for me, you know, humans, a lot of humans abandoned me in those moments and nature never did, you know, nature can't nature won't it's the other beings are there and they're stable and they're secure and they offer a template or a blueprint for me of what it's like to actually be in relationship that has reciprocity relationship that's not based on conditions um relationship that's not that you know you can't really be abandoned and so all of a sudden as I anchor deeper into that and into the earth and into my natural ways I realize oh there's just a sense of security here that I've never really felt in this chaotic world that we live in which I love that yeah I think you're so right in that you anchor in that uh, in that security, you're able to, you know, and you're, you're, you're able to open up to, uh, the receptivity of, of so much out there. I mean, I remember when I was going through my own healing crisis, <laughs> we all have them. <laughs> I was walking around in, in Nashville, actually at Radnor Lake. And there's these beautiful hiking trails back there. And I would feel like I could, I'm not a crazy person, but I would almost feel like I could hear voices 
talking to me, helping me through what I needed to hear, um, helping me through. I could hear my own thoughts in a sense. It was just quiet. It was beautiful. And I felt supported when, like you said, I didn't feel supported by other people or, or, you know, wasn't allowing myself to even listen to myself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then there's this amazing right to be that nature holds that humans don't really hold, which is just Mm -hmm. like our basic right to be, to live, to exist, to be ourselves in the world. And of course you go out and you look at a tree or you see a turkey or you see a fox and you're just thinking, you're just being a fox. You're just being a turkey. You're just being a tree. You can't be anything else. And all I want is who you are. And so that's also something that gives us such beautiful permission to be ourselves. And um, I find it really empowering. There's no, there, there's it. We can think of, Oh, why am I here? What does it really mean to be a human? it's very complicated in society, but when we're out in nature, we just have to be, Mm -hmm. we really just get our full right to be, to be ourselves and to express, you know, I think that's a big thing for humans. We get to express our emotions, express our love, our awe, our wonder. And that's really healing for the natural world to receive. So it's very simple out there. It is. And it just, we make it complicated, right? Our ego, our, all the things that we're learning, all of these kind of processed ways in a sense. And it's like, you get back out there and you realize, oh, this is my true nature. This is, this is me. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is the systems I'm supposed to be following. Like it really is a mirror, like you said, in that way of just reflecting back who you are and how you're supposed to kind of function. And I, it's amazing. Yeah. I like to call it our nature, 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 nature. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is my nature, nature. And when I'm in that, since I am nature and I'm a part of nature, everything that is happening in nature is also happening within my body. And I think that's a really important thing to remember. So for example, we can look at seasonal shifts and it's like, oh my God, it's hot one day, it's cold the next. I don't understand what's happening. And then if I can look in myself, I also feel that kind of wobbliness or that I'm feeling, oh, I'm in extremes right now. I don't know. Um, I don't, I feel confused as to what I want to do. Am I tired? Am I awake? Do I want a coffee? Do I want to take a nap? Do I want to eat heavy? Do I want to eat light? (laughs) This is something that happens like in autumn, right? And cold, hot, all of it. (laughs) If I'm just in my human nature, like just the human side of it, I can say, oh my God, what's wrong with me? (laughs) And actually my nature, nature, I can say, oh, all of nature is going through this right now. How can I just ride the wave? this energetic wave that's happening across the ecosystem and realize, Oh, this is a part of it. So we can go, as you said, that it's like that mirror. I look outside and I'm like, Oh, what's happening outside. It's happening inside. What a Absolutely. comfort. Oh, me. what a comfort. And that's why I love, um, you know, the, the holistic 
healing practice of Ayurveda, where it's, you know, it's the whole thing is the micro, we're the microcosm of the macrocosm, you know, everything that's happening in nature is happening within us and what a teacher that is and how we can just observe nature and know that we can learn so much from it. It's Mm -hmm. teaching us so much. If we can just be in the flow of it, it's crazy. I love, it's amazing. Um, now I know one way that you connect with nature is through tea practice. And Mm -hmm. some people might have heard our other podcast together where we were kind of learning about tea practices and ceremonies together because it's so new. Um, You're introducing the whole world to it, it seems like. Uh, But can you give us a brief synopsis of what a tea practice is just so people know what you do and how it all connects back with nature? Yeah. Yeah. So a tea practice is essentially drinking tea in a meditative state or meditative silence. So actually being in meditation with this other being that is tea um, and drinking it as ritual and just listening. It's a practice Mm -hmm. of being, it's a practice of listening, and it's also a practice of connecting to nature. So if I were to think about something like just seated meditation, I'm alone and I'm just with my mind, with my thoughts or lack of thoughts or whatever that object of, um, my focus is. And in tea, you're actually not alone. You're with another being. And this being tea is a heart medicine. Um, she really carries that frequency and energy of the mother, Mm. uh, this unconditional love. And when we drink tea very similar to if I were to drink coffee I would become activated when I drink tea I soften into my heart and Mm. so in this so even though it's a meditation it's really a space for me to contemplate and to be with myself with this additional energy of unconditional love and compassion she's a beautiful mirror So every time I sip for tea, I'm just like, oh yeah, that's who I am. And (laughs) whether it's positive or negative, it, it, I'm softened heart to receive myself as myself. Yes. Um, and, and, you know, very much in connecting to nature, the same way I said, oh, when I go outside and I'm just allowed to be me, tea allows us to do that. Not everyone has, you know, forest outside their home no Uh, but when you have tea especially the types of teas that we drink in ceremony which are from wild and much older trees they just carry this blueprint from you know time before humans were this crazy (laughs) and trees are very tolerant they're very neutral they're very patient even when we think about trees um you know, we can't live without them. Literally they are our lungs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're, if there's an infinity symbol, it goes right between our lungs and theirs. We are attached to trees. Our life is literally dependent on them. And, you know, a few years into my tea practice, I actually understood that not with my mind, because technically I already knew that, but I understood it with my heart and with my whole being. And I realized, yes. oh my gosh, trees are just as important as I am. Yes. 
probably more. <laughs> yes. The cart before the horse, right? It's like they have to. Yeah. So how can I love this tree as much as I try to love a human? How can I see them as the same? Because we are the same. We're interdependent. We are dependent on all of the beings of this planet. And we're doing a really good job of wiping them out instead of loving them. Right. So how can we, you know, just those simple blueprints through tea. It's like, if, if tea can give me so much peace, so much love, so much mirroring, so much acceptance, and way more than I have ever experienced from my mother or my father or my sister or my friends or my boyfriend or whoever. Yeah. Then how can I honor the tea tree as much as I honor these humans? Right. How can it's like, if I can receive so much and like love this plant so much, wow, I can love any being so much. And I find that practice to be such a beautiful gateway into connection. Yeah. Like it connects everything. Yeah. And really, it really gives you a template for how to love something non-human besides your pet. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Wow. That's incredible. And you kind of already answered this in in a way, in a sense that I kind of want to go deeper into this a little bit, but like, how do we greater immerse ourselves in nature, in this busy world with kind of all these societal constructs in place? You know, we are nature. That's something I love to think about. I love to remember we're a part of this beautiful grand system. And you posted something the other day. And it was something that was like, it was like, we have, we've forgotten nature because we've forgotten ourselves, I think Mm -hmm. is what it said. And there seems to be this big disconnect when it comes to seeing ourselves as connected to this whole elaborate system. We see ourselves as kind of separate from, so like, how do we change that? I feel like you just kind of answered that in a sense, but I just think it's really important to, to go deep into that. Yeah. You know, I saw a post on Instagram recently (laughs) that said nature, I can't remember exactly what it said, but it was something about how the word nature is colonial or patriarchal or something one of those things because, um, because the dictionary defines nature as everything that is non-human and it doesn't include humans. And yeah. And the post was kind of a call to boycott the term nature because of that. And I was just sitting there thinking, um, the dictionary is wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. At what point, why are we boycotting nature (laughs) instead of just saying the dictionary is wrong? Wrong. (laughs) Totally. It's just wrong. That's, it's like, actually we should be, you know, advocating to change the definition of nature to include because we are nature. It cannot, we cannot separate it out. Even if we came up with a new word, it doesn't matter. We cannot separate it out. We are nature. And I think that that is, um, 
it, you know, it begs the question. So did we, for, we forgot nature because we forgot ourselves or did we forget ourselves because we forgot nature? I personally think that it has something to do with um, the fact that we no longer live to survive in a way. So when we are in more survival space in life, we're constantly thinking about nature because nature provides us everything that we need. Right. Yeah. So I know that I can't kill all of the animals because then I, there won't be any food later, or sure. I understand that we're all interdependent or I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to tarnish the soils because then I won't be able to grow food, but we're so right. disconnected from that, from our systems, because we're not looking to survive. Exactly. That, um, yeah, that we, we forget the reciprocity in all of it. Mm. Um, and so for me, when I think there's a couple things that I feel, but the first thing in terms of reconnecting to nature is just saying hi, <laughs> simple. So simple, but just acknowledge nature and really understand why am I here? Why in the natural scheme of things, every being has its purpose. Mm -hmm. Why are humans here? And why were we given this brain and this heart and this emotional body and this mental, these mental faculties that not every being has? What is the use of being able to love? What yeah. is use of being able to have a mind that's so powerful that we can cr create things like cities, right? That we right. can change. Why would that be helpful in the world? Yeah. To care for the yeah. beings can't. Wow. Right? So simple. Bring it home, girl. Wow. That's so good. Yes. If I, if I have the ability to love, right. If I go out there into the forest and I'm just reminded of my ability to love, then when I see a being in need, I'm going to help it. That's sure. what compassion in my heart allows me to do. Sure. When I see that, uh, that something's gone aw awry, I'm going to try and fix it. And I can either do that just in human society and forget nature, or I can bring that beautiful gift to the entire world. And it's, it's very simple and it's very complicated because it's a lot to realize that that's all we need to do. It is, it is, but I think it's only because of kind of what we've been taught of what we are, that egoic mind, you know, that does keep us kind of separate from things that does develop the dictionary and doesn't include human beings at na as nature. It's like, we've been taught that we're separate, you know? So yeah. it's overwhelming. I think when you start to really look at it and we don't have those survival instincts anymore that keep us connected to it. It's like, it's almost like society has taught us not to need it. Yeah. And it's overwhelming to realize it's overwhelming to, to, to know that the answer is so simple. And it's also really 
uh, disheartening because imagine you've been raised in the society. You're told I have to get good grades. I can be right or wrong. I'm not allowed to be that right. We talked about the right to be, I wasn't given it. I was born and told I have to measure up and I have to be worthy of this life. Sure. Instead of coming in being worthy already. And imagine you go through this whole life, you get the good grades, you go to the good college, you get the good job, you're miserable, but you're just, you're thinking, well, this is what life is, right? We have those sayings, life sucks. And then you die. And then one day someone comes and says to you, actually, I didn't do any of those things. And I'm super happy. And I love my life and I'm connected to nature. And there there's another way to live. Well, that's really shocking. And in order to move back in the direction of nature or humanity or what it, or, you know, being connected, having your right, you, you realize I've been playing a game my whole life. That's made me miserable and I didn't have to do it. I didn't, that didn't have to be the path. And that's, that's something to grieve. I mean, that's really sad. Absolutely. It's and really a lot sad. Of people don't want to go there. They'd well, rather then, the game. Yeah, it just opens you up to a whole thing of I mean, there's so many things in life that we kind of feel like we enter into in, just by seeing these societal systems. Like we have to do this and that and this and that and this and that to be ordered to be successful or to be able ordered in order to survive. And it's like we get so wrapped up in that. You know what I mean? And, and I just, uh, it's easy when you're taught that from your parents, you're taught that you see people being successful, living these certain, uh, you know, checking these certain marks in life. And it's just like, that's what you think you're supposed to do. How do we kind of move into a world where we're showing people you don't have to do that and still be successful. It's like, you have to redefine success in a sense too, you know? There's so much that has to be redefined and re-understood in our minds. And I think that that's another part of it that's overwhelming as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it is. You know, we are, I think we talked about this last time, but we're in these beautiful cages and, and we realize the cage door is unlocked. Oh my gosh. It's the whole time I've been telling myself I'm locked in here and that's, that's a rude awakening. That's a rude awakening. And it requires our, our, the courage to feel. Um, and I think that that's, that's kind of what we've lost is Mm -hmm. our, we've, our societies have become very repressed. Yeah. um, We don't even know it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's scary, but I know. And I, I always, I say it like, grief is the doorway back to love. We have to grieve in order to be able to get back there. We have to grieve the fact that we've been disconnected in order to reconnect. And what I see in our society is that we've become very educated. We have become increasingly educated in climate crisis and what we're doing wrong and why in the fact that humans are on their phones more than ever before, that we're watching more TV, that we're drinking more, that we're polluting more, that we're buying more, <laughs> that the Amazon's sure. getting, we understand it all so much with our minds, but we're not changing. 
because change requires the heart, our emotions, emotion, the word comes from to be in movement. So to create change, to move, we need to be able to feel. And I would say what's in between the mind and the body, what's in between knowing and action, the heart. Yeah. Feelings. And so for me, it's like, how do we reconnect? Well, we have to feel what's happening. And that is going to be the catalyst of change. The catalyst. But I think that's hard for a lot of people. I mean, feeling those things can being confronted with those things. I mean, I know it's hard even sometimes for me, it's like you have to, in order to feel those things, there has to be things that are going to have to change. There's going to be things that are going to be taken away. There's going to be a lifestyle shift. Yep. And over time it becomes more fulfilling. Um, there's a saying that is the difference between poison and medicine is that poison tastes good and slowly kills you over time. And medicine Mm -hmm. doesn't taste good at first, but then you You get better Can't live without it. And I think that we live in a world full with a lot of poison in that way. And the medicine, right? It doesn't taste good at first. And that's why it's so important to have some guidance, to have compassion to, and to stop, to not try and be perfect, you know, or problem solve a lot of, we're like, Oh my God, (sighs) environment, (laughs) change everything tomorrow. And then then we become paralyzed, Mm -hmm. right? You you know, don't do nothing because you can't do everything. Just do something, do something. And I love that. We just have to do better than yesterday. We just have to do the best we can. And when we can't, you know, we have these big, beautiful hearts that have the ability to apologize, to grieve, to say tomorrow, I will remember to do better tomorrow. I will create a little bit less trash tomorrow. I will go for a walk in nature and just have my presence be felt by the nut, by the trees. You know, we can always do better. We don't have to be perfect. I love that. And that to me makes it less overwhelming. It's just like one step at a time, kind of moving in the right direction. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the big things, you know, that I've kind of done in this podcast over the last, you know, well, all of the episodes is we've talked about a lot of things, but it's like, what's the, how, how do we move forward? How do we kind of make the lifestyle changes. And, you know, I think that is a great step. I I love how you said walking out and saying hi to nature and just saying, hello, how's it going? Be connected, be in a relationship, develop a relationship. And I think for me, it's been super helpful um, and has taught me so much. I have my ways that I connect, that I kind of bridge that, that disconnect in my mind. I think we ultimately all have our focal points that kind of bridge that gap based on how we connect with nature on a personal level. But for me, there's two things that always take me back the the how, how do I remember I'm nature? How do I remember my true nature? How do I remember my nature, nature? Um, and one is that ancient holistic healing system of Ayurveda from Mm -hmm. India. We are that macro, the microcosm reflecting the macrocosm of this universe. Everything found in nature is also found within ourselves. Like we just talked about, right? Mm -hmm. We are part of this system and we can be in rhythm with it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we can be in, in harmony with the, the natural rhythms of nature. I think that that whole system and learning it is something that keeps me on track, but the second is sound. And, mm-hmm. and I think it's because, you know, according to quantum physics at a fundamental level, we're all vibration and frequency. It's what's holding us together on a cellular level. It's the foundation of me. It's the foundation of you. It's the foundation of, of that tree, you know, scientifically everything at its core is a collection of, of vibration and, and frequency and everything's vibrating. We're just kind of a part of this beautiful collective cosmic symphony, Mm -hmm. if you will. So I think that music kind of takes me back to that, writing it, being one with it, listening to sounds, walking outside and just being quiet and listening to the sounds around me, whether it be the honking of the horns and the sirens in L.A. or the clanging of, you know, the neighbors next door to the planes flying overhead. I don't care what it is sitting with sound. Mm-hmm. And being in it without judgment mm-hmm. to me makes me connect back to who and what I am and connects me with everything. Um, so I think it's like finding those things in your life that remind you of being a part of that macrocosm, right? Yeah, totally. For you, it's tea. And I think that that's an amazing thing. I, you know, you schooled me on tea last time. You're like, you're actually not drinking tea. (laughs) But I love tea. And then when you said it to me that way of like drinking it and being one with, you know, the trees and with me, like, it's just, there's so many things that we can do to remind ourselves. Yeah, totally. And I, I, you know, I love what you said about, um, about sound. There's a lot, there's many cultures in this world, indigenous cultures that believe that this entire universe is sung into existence. And sometimes I try and sit with that. I just think, how can this all be a song? Someone is singing Mm -hmm. this whole world. And I just try and picture it. Of course I can't, my mind is so limited, but I try. And I think that this is one way, you know, everyone's creative in a different way, but humans have this real ability to create. It's one of our gifts. Totally. And how can we offer that to the rest of the beings in the natural world, our creative expression? One of the mm-hmm. ways I love to connect and what I often do when I walk through the forests here is sing. They get to hear our song. Trees don't sing. They, you know, this is a part of our human spirit and our human expression. And sometimes we feel like, oh, I have to donate money. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to go on a trash cleanup, but just nourishing the spirits of other beings through the human spirits creativity is such a beautiful way to start feeding and connecting and experiencing reciprocity with nature. And I really love that. I say that a lot, just go sing to the trees. And, you know, it's sad because in our, again, in our society, we're, we've been taught you're a good singer or a bad singer. There's so much trauma around the human voice when it's singing. I know. 
so sad because this is our prayer. The human song is one of the most healing vibrations in this world, uh, has such a healing frequency and we don't use it because we're afraid of what someone's going to think. But I can tell you for sure that the trees, the birds, the four-leggeds, the rocks, the crystals, they love it. No matter what it sounds like to a human, (laughs) they love it. And I hate that. I hate when people come up to me and they're like, oh, you're a singer. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, oh, like, I wish I could sing. I'm like, oh, you can. It's just like what, where the judgment came in of like, what sounds good? What sounds bad? And I think that that's what I really love about going and sitting in nature. Like I said, even if it's sitting outside my patio in LA and hearing the sirens or going out and hearing the birds chirping, uh, you know, and even if a plane disrupts that mm-hmm. letting go of my judgment of whether or not a plane should or shouldn't be interrupting with that sound. It's just like, just let it be. There's no judgment. Nothing is good or nothing is bad. We are all creating. We're all giving something to this universe, to this macrocosm. And, um, I think if we can let go of some of that judgment, it, it's healing as well. Yeah, totally. I was in a circle. Um, one of the classes I was teaching the other day and a woman shared about her, um, her history with singing and oh, yeah. about competitive singing. Oh, <laughs> later I was like that's just such a funny concept competitive singing <laughs> you know it to is. like competitive praying or something it's just how that would be weird right but we've would- created competitive singing and competitive right. singing has been a thing that we're just used to now if there was competitive praying somebody started that up right now we'd be like what totally that's so weird but because competitive singing has been normal for generations, it's like, we don't even think about it. Um, and it is weird. It's it, the whole competition thing, even when it comes to like art paintings, anything like that, judging something's beauty. I'm just like, why we've gotten it all wrong, you know? let's bring it back full circle in that sense of that's what we do with species as well. You know, our competition, our competitive spirit has somehow made humans better than beings that cannot express the same way that humans can. Right. Which also makes us separate from. (laughs) We are the good singers. Natural world. It's like, what? Yeah. So I I think I love, I love going back to what you're saying of just grieving some of those things, some of those processes and being able to kind of bring it back to, to nature and our nature, nature, our true nature. Um, you created a whole new organization that you are working on right now called nature wisdom school. Yes. And you've, you clearly know what you're talking about. I'm sitting here listening to everything you're talking about nature wise. And I'm just going, you're so good at this. It's so you're so smart. So, so much wisdom. Um, but your first course is called how to save the world. 
and I'm in. That sounds amazing. Can you tell us more what this is? If anybody is interested, like what are you offering? Yeah, beautiful. Thank you. So, um, yeah, so nature wisdom school is all about helping humans reconnect to the wisdom of nature that exists both when, within and without us and really allows us to connect back to what is universal. So what includes everything, not just humans or non-humans. And I'm really excited about this. Um, the first offering is going or is called how to save the world which is a tall order, huh? How to save the world. (laughs) I know I was going to ask you, how do we do it? (laughs) And I kind of talked about it a little bit already that we're over-educated and under embodied. Um, we're not actually acting in a way that is in alignment with everything that we know. And I've been sitting here thinking, why, 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 (laughs) you know, I live in a very progressive quote unquote progressive place, Boulder, And I just see it's, I'm dismayed sometimes at like thinking that these people are the conscious ones, but we're still polluting. We're still, we're dominating nature rather than being with nature. Um, And I just, I've been sitting in this contemplation of why, and I've really come to, oh, we're bypassing the grief. We're bypassing feeling what's actually happening on this planet. And I don't blame humans because it's painful. We're in an extinction on this planet right now. It hasn't affected humans yet, but of all the species in the world, 50% have died at this point. Losing our biodiversity, we're losing our animals, we're losing our beings, and it's going to affect us because we're interdependent right? Even this summer, we've seen the protests in BC, some of the oldest trees in the world just getting chopped down left, right, and center. And you see those protests and you see someone, I mean, it was quite mind boggling for me when I, when I looked at it, because I see a human defending a tree and another human holding a chainsaw to the human. And I'm thinking, what a metaphor is this? Totally difference between these two lives of these different beings and these different species. Mm. And so it's really, how can we feel? How can we grieve so that we get back into our heart space? And from that place of emotional intelligence, we're going to do the best we can. So how to save the world is all about really understanding our impact as humans, because as a human, everything we do is going to either impact positively or negatively this world. It's as simple as that. And so how can we really understand our responsibility for the way that we impact the world and what that means in our day-to-day lives? And then we're going to go into ritual and circle to grieve that and to feel, what does it feel like to have that responsibility? What does it feel like to know that before I didn't do that well, but I want to do better, that I have that I actually have an emotional stake in the game. I want this planet to heal. How can we feel that? And how can we really come into this place of sovereignty and beauty when it comes to our emotional well-being and our emotional intelligence? And then we're going to actually figure out what am I supposed to do? Right. Cause as you said, what's the how, what's the how? <laughs> yeah. So once we get through that process, we can actually step into the how, which is how can I on a day-to-day basis do better? 
How can I use my life and every little action that I make to, to create that positive impact in the world? And when I can't, how can I not let that hold me back in every other way? How can I forgive myself? How can I do the best I, that I can? You know, we've been taught right and wrong. How I really want to be perfect. We all want to be perfect, but we can't be perfect. And that, that goal of perfection often leads to inaction. Right. Cause we're scared. So we're scared and we don't want to fail. And so totally. this is all about reorienting our perspective to we can't fail. We can just do the best that we can. And that's enough. And our, you know, being situated in our hearts and walking through this earth with awareness for all life, not just human life is enough. Cause that's going to just create this domino effect that changes everything. Hi, sweet ones. It's Mariana here. Thank you so much for listening to this conversation with me and Courtney about all things nature. I had so much fun recording it and I'm so excited to start this journey on how to save the world with you. So if you're feeling this call, please go to the show notes to get your name on the wait list so you can be the first person to find out when enrollment opens. I'm also offering a free class called Earth Our Mother on November 15th and 16th. So you can get that link as well to sign up and we can share some space together and talk more about how to be a good steward of this earth. Sending you so much love and thanks for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Love Freak Podcast. If you like what you heard, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow this podcast on Instagram at the love freak underscore. Don't forget that's F-R-E-Q. Or if you'd like to find out more information, you can go to www.courtneycolemusic.com. Look for a new episode every other Tuesday.